Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chiefly Football. Hi Andy, Dave Gray with Chiefly Football. Appreciate you taking some time to talk with me. Let's start with Tyreek Hill. I see how hard he works, so I'm I'm very excited uh, for him uh, learning the position. So that goes from how do you handle your body um, for a long season, try to limit uh, the injuries, the little small injuries, or or be able to fight through the smaller ones. And, um, you know, and then uh, how how do you get your quarterback to trust early in the week uh, to know that you're going to be there for him. He's like a midfielder in soccer. I mean, he's running all over the place. And we have him in a lot of different spots, you know, it, and that can wear on you. And, and he, he's just stayed strong in that area. And, I mean, when he goes out to practice, he goes out with a purpose. And good things, you know, good things are happening for him. Now. Okay. Thank you, Andy. All right. I'm going to slide over here and talk to, to B.A., so, uh, Bruce Arians, Dave Gray with Chiefly Football, just had a question regarding the quarterback play. You do have Tom Brady quarterbacking your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but on the flip side, Andy Reid has Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else is listening. Your choice between Brady or Mahomes, who are you taking there, Bruce? It's very frustrating because very, very few guys that I've ever seen in this league or any league that can backpedal 8 to 9, 10, 11 yards in the pocket <laughs> and throw a dime 25 yards down the field. Uh, he has an un- unbelievable skill set. And uh, we had a lot of good rushers on him, and uh, he just keeps backpedaling away from it and slings the sidearm or whatever, to, and he can read the defense as he does it, which makes him you know, even, even more explosive. Thank you, Bruce. Well, Chiefly Football fans, there you had it. Talk to Andy Reid, Bruce Arians. I'm going to turn the rest of the time for this podcast to Ken Lockett-Staten. Take it away, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Chiefly Football. After a big win for the Chiefs, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-24 in Tampa Bay. Definitely a big-time win for the Chiefs, and we're really excited to to talk about it today. We got the young guns for this review podcast after the old guys babbled their way through the preview. So... (laughs) (laughs) post on Facebook, please. We want to get more interaction because interaction on Facebook leads to guests on our podcast. And with that, we are very excited to introduce one of our new guests, Andrew Potter from Salt Lake City, Utah. How are you doing, Andrew? Hey guys, glad to join the show. Big fans. I I love what you guys are doing with this podcast. And yeah, like you said, from Salt Lake City, Utah. And I have to tell you guys, Salt Lake City has become Raiders Nation. I am in enemy territory. Shout out to the 2013 Church Ball champions reuniting on the podcast. Those, those, are, our, those are the glory days. <laughs> yes, the peak of my life. <laughs> That's sad, but it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're really excited to have you, Andrew. Well, I'm sure it's great to be a Chiefs fan, even in Raiders territory, because the Chiefs are a better team. And we have Patrick Mahomes, who so you're going to be able to brag to Raiders fans for however long you're in Utah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, they're like the little brother. it's a little brother relations and i never hear the end of it even when we do beat them yeah same way with my little brother too beating him up all the time and you still hear hear him chirping all right so let's just get right into our our general reactions to the game uh stain if you want to go ahead and start i mean i I knew that this was going to be a tough one going in obviously brady's had his ups and downs this year 
He's looked really good, and he's also looked like father time has taken a toll on him. But you can never count him out. Obviously, he he's the goat. He's got the experience to be able to 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 keep his his team above water. Uh, I was just really happy with with just the overall effort from both sides of the ball this week to be able to to come out on top. It probably wasn't as pretty as a lot of fans wanted it to be, but I, I was really happy with it. Yeah, going off of that, I mean, this is this is a potential Super Bowl preview that we saw. I mean, atop the NFC, you got you got the Saints, Buccaneers, Packers, uh, Seahawks, and the Bucks can easily run the table, and we could have a rematch in the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, and I think after this this game, and, and really after this week, I think it's pretty clear that the NFC is wide open as far as who has the potential to make it to the Super Bowl. So I think the Bucks, even with this loss, and we've seen them hit some some low points in the season, but we've also seen the really high points. So they definitely have a chance. I mean, they have just as good a chance as anybody else in that NFC to, to make it to the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is being played in Tampa Bay this year. So definitely uh, I'd be interesting if, if the Bucks well, can. I'm all for it because it looks like Patty likes the warm weather. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw Adam Schefter's tweet um, when they were up big, but he said uh, the Chiefs seem to like playing in Tampa, dot, dot, dot. Round two, question mark? Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, they won the Super Bowl in Miami. Why not just own all of Florida with Super Bowls? <laughs> don't forget Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're ever getting a Super Bowl, so no. we'll just count this. <laughs> all right, yeah, and, and kind of along those lines, that's kind of what I was looking into coming in this game. Obviously, it was one of the bigger games left for the Chiefs on the schedule, and – we're not entirely sure how the Steelers-Ravens game is going to pan out. I think it just got moved back to Wednesday. And I'm sure we'll have even more updates in the coming days. So the Chiefs are still trailing the Steelers, who are undefeated. And, and obviously it's big that the Chiefs try to get that number one seed. They have a tougher, a tougher schedule than the Steelers. So going into Tampa Bay and beating a really good Buccaneers team was very important for the Chiefs if they want to still try to get that one seed. Yeah, so there was that, and honestly, I'm sure we'll talk about later about the Mahomes-Brady Part 4 matchup. So, so let's just go ahead and move in to kind of our thoughts on how the offense played in this game. Who, who were kind of the, the players that stood out? Obviously, we had our stars doing star things. Andrew, what did you think of how our offense did against the Bucks? Oh, man. it was The first quarter was amazing. I think we just have to start off with Tyreek Hill. He went off. I I don't know if the Buccaneers they when they were sitting down you know making their game plan like they didn't consider the fact that Tyreek Hill is the fastest player in the NFL because they put him in they had him in single coverage like that that does just doesn't work you have to have a safety help the Chiefs aren't a typical team that you can just put one man on Tyreek Hill and he made him pay he made him pay bad and fantasy owners were happy yeah, I mean, when, when you have something crazy like 200, over 200 yards in the first quarter, that's absolutely insane. He, he finished with 13 receptions, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. And I, I think he, he had like 47 fantasy points. But also with that game, uh, he currently leads the league with, with receiving yards with 1,021, which I believe he's the first one to, to surpass the 1,000-yard mark. And then also just one more thing. I think I might name my second son whenever he comes, uh, Tyreek, just to kind of, you know, celebrate this, this, this moment. Um, what, did, what did you guys think about, about Travis Kelsey? Do you guys have anything to bring up with, with Kelsey? 
Oh man, Kelsey, he's having a historic year for for tight ends. I mean, he you mentioned that Tyree Kill, he has over a thousand yards receiving the first to reach that mark. Travis Kelsey's right behind him with nine hundred and seventy-eight yards receiving. I mean, what what we're seeing here is just two of the best players to play their position potentially ever on this team at the same time. It's just it's unreal. It's 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 like we're playing Madden, chucking Hail Marys to Tyreek, hitting Travis Kelsey, you know, on slants. It's it's unreal. Well, I was just gonna say, and it's even crazier the fact that that Kelsey is a tight end and he's he can do it all. He can block, he can catch, he can do all that stuff. It's it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's not like he's as athletically gifted too as all these receivers. Like he's just his skill set is is different than most wide receivers. It's not like he's necessarily outrunning people like Tyreek or, I mean, he has size on people, but it's really just the way he's able to find the zones, uh, the fact that he doesn't drop balls anymore, the the connection that he has with Mahomes and that Mahomes knows exactly where Kelsey's going to be. Kelsey can break off his routes pretty much any time. And Mahomes knows exactly because they're both reading the defense the same exact way, which is, which is huge. I think this can be the fifth year in a row that Travis Kelsey's going to hit 1,000 yards receiving, which is yeah. going to be the first time that a tight end has ever done that before. So, Andrew, to your point, I mean, the fact that we're witnessing two of the best, both a receiver and tight ends, probably in the history of the game, on the, on the team at the same time with one of the best quarterbacks of all time is just – that's crazy. And, and Dave and I were talking about this yesterday, actually, yeah, during the game, about how – just kind of how that Veach tried to – we felt like – he might have reached for McCole Hardman in the draft that year, you know, with Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf still on the board at, at receiver. And the thought, I guess, was to kind of fill the Tyreek Hill role because he was kind of embroiled in that domestic abuse hogwash trial. But we, we I think we're kind of seeing that McCole Hardman, even though he was drafted to kind of fill that Tyreek Hill role, he's not really not at level. And I think people think it's going to be easy to just replace Hill or replace Kelsey and to replace production just by drafting players with similar skill types. But I mean, I think we're seeing it with Nicole Hardman. Like he's, he's fine, but he's more of a role player. Like he does, does the jet sweeps and he can return kicks and he's electric with the ball in his hands, but he can't do all this, the things that Tyreek Hill does like his running, his route running, even his hands. I think Tyreek Hill's hands are underrated. So are we going to talk um, yeah, about so the drop? Fans. That was the, the drop by – I mean, it wasn't the best throw in the world, but Hardman, he he had all of his fingers on the ball there. It was – It was it was, was heartbreaking. Little, yeah. Yeah. But I, I – go and we're, we're going to talk about Mahomes, I know, in a little bit. But Mahomes, after the game, he actually came out on Twitter and said, you know, my bad, McColl, I'm sorry, I should have placed it better. And that really shows that, like, Mahomes is in charge of this team and he knows, you know – McColl's been struggling a little bit, and he doesn't want his confidence to be shattered. Um, and I thought that was a good, a, a good thing that Patrick Mahomes did. It really shows his leadership and how united this team is. And you bring up a great point. I mean, like with him taking that blame upon himself, right? I mean, Patty threw for 462 yards, three touchdowns, had a completion percentage of 75, and he's still like not satisfied. You know, like he's like, oh freak, that was my bad. So he's, he's always trying to get better, and I think he instills that in the rest of his teammates. I mean, and you can see that with, with the improvement that, that they're always continuing to make each week. I mean, it just seems like the Chiefs are getting better throughout a season where the prep time was, was cut tremendously, right? And so, But it feels like every week 
we're, we're, we're improving, whether it's our rushing game, whether it's, it's our passing game, whether it's our defense, it feels like we're always improving. And, and with Patty, I personally think that this game, I, I think he was, I think he definitely was ahead in the MVP race. But I think this game kind of sealed it for him to, to win the MVP this year. I mean, he's on pace for 4,900 yards, 40 touchdowns, two picks, and a 69 pass completion percentage. Like, that's, that's insane. That's just so crazy to me. And then, obviously, Russell Wilson's playing tonight. I was watching the first half. Uh, he made a couple. I mean, obviously, his deep ball accuracy is, is phenomenal. But, I mean, it just feels like other quarterbacks, like even Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson – um, Drew Brees, right? All those those great quarterbacks. It feels like they're always kind of reacting to what the defense gives to them. But with Patty, it feels like the defense is kind of always on their heels, right? And he's the one dictating what the defense is going to do. And if for some reason the defense does get on top of Patty, he's able to just confidently just move that ball and and, and kind of impose his will on the defense. Yeah, well, and I think he's had the, he's he's had his big play moments. He, like he's had his MVP moments this year, where I feel like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers haven't quite had their moments yet the comeback touchdown that he had against the Raiders. And even this game, I mean, you saw, I think some people were nervous about the Chiefs being able to run out the clock that last drive based on how the offense had been doing going three and out the, the previous three drives. So, yeah, I mean, Mahomes has found ways to close games and to win games and to take put the team on his back. So, especially with, with a lot of those games happening in prime time with the national TV audience. So, I definitely think that Mahomes is, is the front runner right now. I, I think it's still too early to to say that he's essentially won it. But I really do think it's just between him and Aaron Rodgers. Any thoughts on the, the running game? I think we only had like, it was like 85 yards or something. We had 87 rushing yards to their 75, and we averaged 4.4 yards a carry. Yeah, I like you saw it. Like the first run by CEH, he just got stuffed. And you could just tell it was going to be a tough game running the ball. I mean, the Buccaneers have a really good d- defensive line, um, mm-hmm. one of the best run defenses in the league. It, it was kind of refreshing to see Le'Veon come in. Like, this is the first game I felt like like he made an impact, you know? Like, he, he had some clutch runs, and I think he really – he took a little bit of pressure off Mahomes by getting the, those needed yards. So I was, I was really impressed with Bell's performance. Yeah, it seemed like, like some of his carries and even a couple of his catches just came at really timely moments. Like, it, like a couple of them went for first downs, like when we needed the, to move the change. So I, mean, I, I don't think, that, like, the yards necessarily reflect the impact, like you said, that he had on the game. It was definitely exciting to see him being used more in the in in the offense because I feel like over the last few weeks, pretty much since he's joined the team, he just hasn't really been used with, in the way that we we kind of hoped that he would. I mean, the biggest thing that makes me happiest about Le'Veon Bell, obviously his physical talents and and the specimen that he is, but just his leadership that he's brought into into Kansas City, especially with Ceh over there. I mean, being a young running back, I'm sure it's scary having someone who was at one point considered at one of the at least top three running backs in the league come over and be part of the, the running back squad. But Le'Veon, I mean, with the drama that he's faced in the past and kind of how the media has portrayed him to kind of be like an egotistical superstar, like I th- I, I've been really impressed with him be coming in and say, hey, I'm not trying to take your job. You know, I, I just, you know, I just want to win and I, I want to help you get better. So I think that's just, that's just his career. And for statisticians, in order to be eligible for, a player to track their NFL career passing records, you have to have at least 1,500 pass attempts. And so Mahomes has passed that, and now we can start looking at basically his place in history with his statistics. Obviously, Mahomes is only 25 years old, and he's only been 
really starting for what three seasons yeah so i mean as far as like total yards and total touchdowns obviously he's not really close to anybody but as of right now he he holds the career passer rating record of 110 he only has 20 career interceptions and so he has the lowest interception rate of 1.3 percent in history and then his touchdown to interception ratio is 5.3 I mean, really, the fact that he just throws so many touchdowns and doesn't throw any interceptions, and that's extremely rare for somebody so young. Well, I know Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his rookie year. I think he had, like, something in the, in the 20s or something like that. So, I mean, Mahomes hasn't even thrown that many in his career. <laughs> that's incredible. So, I mean, and you'd have to assume with how young he is, those numbers aren't going to drop off, that he's only going to get better, especially mentally, as he grows. So, yes. Can I throw another stat at you? Yeah, go for it. So, uh my friend Connor, shout out to Connor. He shared this with me on Twitter um, this morning um, from NFL Network. So they, they put together some stats. So I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a question here. So they've kept track of the most games with 400 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions since 1950. They've kept those records. Who do you guys think is at the top of that list? All right. So before the 50s, so Norm Van Brocklin is not going to be on there. Uh, please um, keep it to people that we have ever heard of. Um, <laughs> I, I'll probably say like maybe like Brett Favre, the gunslinger, or like Aaron Rodgers or something's got to be be up there. Yeah, I know. Rodgers. I'd probably guess Dan Marino just because he had so many like passing yards records and he threw a lot of touchdowns. Okay, this is gonna blow your guys' mind. Aaron Rodgers is fifth on that list. Brett Favre isn't even on it. Dan Marino isn't even on it. Drew Brees has nine games of 400 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So this is where it gets crazy. He's done it nine times in 284 games. Tom Brady has only done it five times in 297 games. Then there's Peyton Manning. And then Mahomes is fourth on the list. Mahomes has done it four times in just 42 career games. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I believe mean, it. That says it all right there. We are witnessing in the the best start ever for an NFL quarterback in his I, career. I just didn't talk real quick. For Bree, for Breeze, that's every 31 games he threw 400 yards, three touchdowns, and zero picks. For Patty, that's every 10 games. Yeah, so that's oh two goodness. every two – yeah, once every two seasons for Breeze. And then – I mean, yeah, at least once a season for Patty. And I'm sure he'll do it again this season. That's how good he's been. Yeah, that's, that, that's a crazy stat. Thanks for bringing that up. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Dan, what were your takeaways? Just one of the, one of the players I wanted to bring up was uh, Lajarius Need. It was, it was great to have him you know, re- reintegrated into the game. He played 32 snaps. Uh, he was targeted four times, gave up two receptions for only 10 yards, so that's awesome. In fact, this week, um, for week 12, he was first among rookies in rookie cornerbacks, in, according to PFF. And among all NFL quarterbacks, he was, he was ranked fifth. So, I mean, that's awesome. He almost came away with a pick. So, I mean, he, he, he's looking really good. He's looking like he, he's coming back right where he left off before his injury. So I'm excited to see what he does in the future. And uh, just, you know, even towards the end of the season, I think he's really going to start to pick up and be a, be a huge role player in this defense. Oh, yeah, Sneed. I've been really impressed with Sneed. And I, I know he got hurt for a couple of games. But, I mean, he has two picks in the small sample size that we've seen of him. And he, I mean, it, had he had stayed healthy, and we'll see as the season progresses, but I could see him being the Chiefs rookie of the year over Clyde. And I did not see that coming out of the draft. I know some of the draft guys were speaking highly of him, but I, I don't think anyone saw this kind of lockdown corner out of Snead so early in his career. 
Yeah, he's definitely impressed, especially for where we where we got him. I think my takeaway, I guess, from the defense is just the fact that we were coming off a really rough game against the Raiders, where we really didn't thought the Raiders at all. If if the Raiders ever did not score a touchdown, it was because the Raiders messed up, not because our defense stopped them. So I think it was going to be a big challenge for the for the defense to come in, obviously go against Tom Brady, and then all the weapons that they that the Buccaneers have on offense that. I think was going to present some troubles for us. But I think overall our, our defense did really well. We intercepted Tom Brady twice. And it seemed like for the most part, it kind of drifted off at the end. But I, I, it seemed like uh, Tom Brady always had pressure in his face. And for definitely for the first half, I mean, he was chucking the ball as quick as he could just to, to avoid getting hit. And, I mean, some of the hits that we got on him, I really do think it rattled him. I mean, Hitchens had that big one early in the game and and everybody knows that once you start hitting Brady I mean he just starts short arming throws and I think his, his decision making goes goes down especially in, in a new offense where it just doesn't seem like he's really been comfortable all year yeah we saw we even saw him kind of him and Jones yapping back and forth at each other and I, I think it was Tony <laughs> Romo who brought up in the broad broadcast uh, who would win that fight um, my money's on Chris Jones 100% of the time <laughs> Yeah, and I was really hoping that kind of that intensity that that was added into the game would result in Chris Jones getting a sack. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But the takeaway from the Raiders game, I was really hoping that our defensive line would get more pressure on the quarterback, and that's exactly what they did this game. I mean, we had eight quarterback hits on a 43-year-old, so you know that's going to take a toll. Um, We had a sack, two picks. Just like Kellogg said, it, 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 it felt like we were, you know, constantly getting uh, getting pressure in front of Brady. And obviously we didn't do the whole game, but when we did it, it, it resulted in bad throws, drop passes, interceptions. So I, I was really, really happy with what our defensive line was able to do this this game. Yeah, and I don't want to upset you any more than you already are staying, but um, I was looking at the snap counts for for our defense. I, I, I saw that Willie got one defensive snap so I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Actually, I'm sure I know what your thoughts are on that. But okay. um, the fact that he only played one snap and we got beat on a 27-yard touchdown pass to our to Ronald Jones out of the backfield. So I don't know. Maybe Willie Gay could have could have had him in coverage there. If I love talking about my my boy Willie. Okay, so he yeah as as you said one snap on that snap he came away with a tackle. Okay. Ben Neiman, good old Uncle Ben, getting all, always getting cooked. <laughs> Played twenty-one snaps. His stat line was all goose eggs. I thought it, I thought it, I thought it was a mistake. I was like, oh, maybe they just haven't put his stats in yet. He didn't do anything. No tackles, no pass breakups, nothing. It was all zeros across on twenty-one snaps. But what really killed me is that last drive that, that Brady was moving down, we were, we were sending people. We were blitzing hard, and Neiman was one of those people that was blitzing. And I said it last week, he's blitzed 50 times. He's pressured the quarterback four times. Willie has blitzed nine times and came away with a sack. All right? So if you're going to be blitzing, why not just throw Willie in there? I mean, what, what's the worst that can happen? Neiman is, getting, Neiman is probably helping the offensive line. I mean, I, I just do not understand why, why, why Willie is not getting more playing time. And it was, it was absolutely frustrating. Yeah, I was ready to give him credit for that interception after I saw the ball get batted off a white guy's helmet and get intercepted. So I was going to give that to him, but then I saw the replay and it was Dan Sorensen. It was our other superstar so, uh, white guy. Yeah. Always Dan Sorensen. Always him making those big plays. I don't know how he does it. His big head. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we have a couple minutes left, but I do think that a big story going into this game, and we can touch on a little bit, was the Brady versus Mahomes. And obviously, Brady's considered the greatest quarterback of all time, but his career is coming to an end. And I think we've had that changing of the guard officially with Mahomes kind of taking over his spot as best quarterback in the league. I, w- I would agree. I think that obviously Brady still shows flashes of greatness. Obviously, he currently is considered the greatest to ever play quarterback in, in this sport. Um, but I think with time, obviously, this is only Patty's third year starting. So uh, I don't want to give I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But I think if he continues to to stay on this on this course, I think he's I think when he, by the time that he throws in the towel, he will be considered the goat of you know of football. He'll be you know the Michael Jordan of of the NFL. And so I'm I'm really excited to see that. I know that there may be some fans who probably don't agree with that but if if you have ever watched a Chiefs game you can see the greatness that that Patrick brings to the team how satisfying was it to see Tom Brady sit on that bench with four minutes left he knew it was over Pat wasn't giving him the ball back Pat Patrick Mahomes remembered that ASC championship game a couple years ago and you could just see it Brady Brady understands he understands what Mahomes is and I think he has a lot of respect for him and he just knew Mahomes has that, that it, he has that it factor. Yeah. Well, and I think people like to talk about, I mean, obviously Tom Brady's considered the goat by most people. And um, as far as accomplishments and obviously he's won the most Super Bowl rings, that's probably true. But um, I do think that, I mean, obviously the eye test has a lot to do with who people can consider like the best at their position of all time. And I think we've seen a big enough sample size now that it wasn't just the MVP season that, that Mahomes had where he just looked elite. I mean, it, he's been doing it his entire career up to this point. So three years of elite play. And I think that the the ceiling and all of the different things that he brings to the table, his athleticism, his arm strength, his accuracy, the way he's able to read defenses. I mean, we saw at the end of the game the way, with all the slide um, inbounds, keep the clock moving and the way he was able to, to find that little, that little pocket after he rolled out to find Tyreek Hill for that first down, he does everything so well, like everything you want in a quarterback, he does it almost perfectly. And Tom Brady, I think he was carried by his defenses early on in his career and then really didn't become the great quarterback we know him to be until what, 2007 when he got Moss. And even that one great year that he had where he was breaking all the records, Mahomes is MVP year was better statistically than than that year that Tom Brady had. I think it's fair to say in in one side of the argument that Mahomes has passed Tom Brady as being the best quarterback that that we've probably ever seen. And I I always think about Bo Jackson because Bo Jackson he's never gonna he's not gonna get in the Hall of Fame of either the NFL or the MLB. But you hear people talk and you go see his highlights. I mean, our dads talk about Bo Jackson with reverence. Like he was so good. <laughs> for both the Royals in baseball and for the Raiders in football. And and people say that if he hadn't gotten hurt, that he would have gone down as one of the best in both sports. So, I mean, just because he doesn't have the stats or he didn't have the longevity to say that he was the greatest, I mean, if you were lucky enough to see him while he was playing in his prime, I think you could still argue that he was the best running back that you've ever seen or somebody had ever seen and shout out to Bo Jackson because today's actually his birthday. But <laughs> I think that you can make that same argument for, for Mahomes, homes in that you might not have the longevity 
and I think he'll get there eventually. But just from what we've seen and the production that he's had this far, thus far, I mean, I think you could say that he's he's better now than Tom Brady ever was. So that's yeah, my argument for that. It's 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 so hard to comprehend um, what we're witnessing right now. And I think you know, Chiefs, Chiefs Kingdom, you're probably not going to like me right now. But I mean, we're year three into Mahomes, and I think that we're already getting spoiled as fans, and we feel a little entitled. I just from family, friends, Twitter. People were upset about the results of this game. I mean, the score was close, but when the Chiefs went up 10, 10 to nothing, like I, I didn't think at any point in the game they were going to lose. And I think most people felt that. Like the Chiefs were in control, even when we were going three and out, three and out. We, we just were going to win the game. And I think that if you would have told me at the beginning of the season when the schedule came out that we were going to go down to Tampa Bay and we were going to take down a Tom Brady-led Buccaneers team, 27-24, I would have been happy. I, in fact, I thought we were going to lose this game um, when I was kind of predicting what our record would be. So Chiefs Kingdom, just be happy with the win. Be happy that we have the, the MVP, the best quarterback in the league, and be happy with the results. We won. Exactly. And you, you brought it up a little bit earlier just because we were talking about McCole Hardman, but I was watching the game with Dave, and when when we had that drop pass, he kind he was, he was pretty upset. He's like, oh, man, like how did he miss that? That could have been a 90-yard touchdown. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not going to score on every drive. But he was, he was so upset. And I'm like, I'm looking back at Patty's stats. You're really upset that he threw for 450 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Like, are you really that hard-pressed to ha- have him throw for 550 yards and four touchdowns? Like, just the greatness that we're watching, those throws to, those throws to Tyreek Hill right over the shoulder, defenders, and the, the things that he's able to do. And I hate the argument that, oh, Patty's only good because of the weapons around him. If you have ever watched a Chiefs game, the throws and the angles and, and the accuracy that he has, it's, it's indisputable. Like, he is just great. I, I, I'm total agreement with you, Andrew. Chiefs fans are so spoiled, and we feel like we have to score every drive, and if it's not points on the board, then we failed and, and stuff like that. I, I think it's ridiculous. I mean, when we had, when we had Alex, Alex Smith, Smith, right? And we had we had a really good defense for what two years, and we were we we knew we would win if we got fourteen or seventeen points on the board when we had when we had that solid defense. We were just happy to score twenty points, right? But now we're with Mahomes, and it's like thirty points isn't enough for us. So I completely agree with you, Andrew. I think that we just need to respect the greatness that we're able to watch week in and week out. Yeah, well, and we've talked about it before. It's not just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we talked a little bit before the podcast about how it's Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And just the elite production that they're that they're doing, but I I wonder why it is that that we're like that. And I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it's kind of the older generation that has this mentality. And I'm not trying to just make this a boomer thing, but do you think it has something to do with like the scar tissue that they've had that's been building up <laughs> around their hearts <laughs> after decades of? I mean. I mean, they always go back to Marty. Those teams were good in the 90s, and they always just got their hearts broken in the playoffs. So is it just this older generation just can't see the see what we have in Mahomes and that we have our savior now who that heartbreak is is going to be limited? Or are we just young enough and naive to just believe that everything's going to be okay because, <laughs> because we have Mahomes? <laughs> well, honestly, that's a great point because – I feel like they like the the older, you know, the more seasoned, the more veteran Chiefs fans, they kind of have that mentality of where like every every good thing has to end. And 
I agree with that. Obviously, in 15 years, we're probably not going to have Patty anymore. <laughs> he's not going to be la- playing at the level he's playing on right now. But I think you mean like 30 years from now. But yeah. Yeah, I, get, I get your point. But, I mean, we just have to see the difference between Trent Green and Patrick Mahomes. Trent Green, great quarterback. He did a lot for the Chiefs. But, I mean, Patty is, a, is another specimen. I, I mean, if you're a Patriots fan, and whenever Tom Brady walked on the field, you were confident that you were going to walk away with a W. I mean, like you just—that's just the mentality of you know Patriots fans, right? They're kind of some of the most stubborn and proud sports fans in the world, just because they've been uh, accustomed to it. But Chiefs fans better start coming around because you're gonna you're gonna look back in you know 50 years and be like, wow, I miss Patty. <laughs> <laughs> so, we yeah. we got to be careful. I, they're they're probably gonna come at us in in their old man podcast. Oops, well, hey, I as long it. as we get more interaction on Facebook, I'm down with it. But speaking of speaking of the 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 great team that we have now, after Tyreek Hill's you know just phenomenal game, 200 plus yards in the first quarter, I've been seeing a lot of things on social media, and so I I kind of wanted to bring this you know bring this closing question up. Do you think that Tyreek Hill is a top three wide receiver in the NFL right now? It's a tough one. I know there's there's quite a few elite wide receivers. Do you think that Tyreek Hill is a top three wide receiver right now in the NFL? I, I'm trying not to be biased because I, I own Julio Jones and Keenan Allen. Um, those guys. I don't think your fantasy team is listening to this right now. I think it'll be okay if you say somebody else. I, I mean, how can you say no after that performance? You can't leave Tyreek Hill in, in single coverage. You, you have to, when you sit down as the opposing team, he's got to be one of the top three things you talk about is how are we going to contain Tyreek Hill? And there's few guys like maybe Devontae Adams, maybe Julio Jones when he's healthy. DeAndre Hopkins got shut down last week. You know, you don't ever see Tyreek Hill get shut down. I, I'd put him in the top three right now. Yeah, I think I'll probably just give a politician answer that I think when Tyreek Hill is on the Chiefs, he's a top three receiver. But I think if he was on any other team, he wouldn't be. I think that Patrick Mahomes brings out the best in Tyreek Hill because he has the arm to throw the ball as far as Tyreek Hill can run. And I just don't think, I think Tyreek Hill would be limited in any other offense, really. And I think if you brought DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones to the Chiefs, that they would be just, actually, I don't even know if, I don't think they'd be as dominant as Tyreek Hill is on the Chiefs, but I don't know. I think it's just a perfect match between Mahomes and Hill. And I think that's why I would consider him in the top three right now. But, you know, like I said, if he was on another team, I don't think that that's the case. We didn't even talk about Kelsey. I mean, he can, you can put yeah, him in that top no, three. Yeah, I, I would I'm probably. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with both of you. I think that he, he definitely, I think he is in the top three. Obviously, I mean, you got DeAndre Hopkins who has the size and the, and the route running in the hands. You, got, you know, Michael Thomas, he's, he's physical. Julio Jones. I mean, you have such great wide receivers. But like Kinnock said, looking at the NFL right now and the production to, to this Chiefs offense, I mean, I think you got to consider Tyreek Hill top three. You know, it, it's crazy what he's able to do with Travis Kelsey on the field as well. And so, yeah, I think you definitely got to consider Tyreek Hill in that, in that top three. But, yeah, that was just something I've been seeing circulate on social media, especially this past week. So uh, I'm excited to see if, uh, if, if it catches on or if people will continue to say that Julio Hopkins and, you know, Adams are you know, <laughs> going to be in the top three. So Yeah, well, I, do, I don't think Tyreek Hill's ever going to get that kind of respect just because he, he's, he doesn't fit the prototypical wide receiver. He, he doesn't look like Calvin Johnson or like Julio Jones is literally built to be like the perfect wide receiver. Like he's fast, he's big, he can catch. 
just like, doesn't yeah, score that, touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, and he's been hurt lately. He doesn't have a great elite quarterback to to throw to him. So, I mean, I just don't think he'll get that kind of respect. But, I mean, people can't argue with the production, I think. All right. Well, does anybody have any final thoughts on the Chiefs or Bucks game where it leaves the Chiefs in the playoff hunt or what we think maybe of the Bucks? Are we scared if we play them again? No. Nope. That's all I have to say. No. I'm going to be honest. I'm not really scared to play anyone in the NFC. If if there's anyone I'm 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 getting kind of nervous about, it'd be the Steelers. We'll have to go through them at some point. But when it comes to NFC, it's kind of a joke this year. There is one team that kind of concerns me, and I know they just lost, but the Los Angeles Rams. I feel like whenever the Chiefs play a well-coached team, it's a battle. Undisciplined teams, we, we always seem to beat because of Andy Reid and our coaching staff. But if the Rams were to make it to the Super Bowl, which I, I don't think they match up well against some of the NFC teams, so I don't see them making it. But if they do, I could see that defense giving us a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I mean, the Rams' defense is, I think, underrated. I just don't know if Jared Goff I mean, I feel like he's fallen off pretty hard. And with the running game that they have not being as strong as it used to be, I don't know. I mean, you got to put a lot more pressure on Jared Goff. And I just don't know if he has that. But I can definitely see that defense giving us trouble. Yeah, well, I think they they just probably present the biggest tough matchup, to your point. I mean, th- their defense is really good, especially with their pass rush getting in Mahomes' face. And their offense isn't very good, but... I mean, the Chiefs' defense is, what is it, like bottom five against the run? So... I could see the Rams still being effective in the run game and then being able to hit play action. I mean, and McVay is always able to to scheme stuff up. So Jared Goff just has to not miss. I think it's possible. I mean, it, it would be a tough matchup. I think it would probably be similar to us playing the Steelers who have a really good defense, not scared of their offense, but it would it would be a game where it's kind of strength against strength and maybe weakness against weakness. So in those kinds of games, they're, they're going to be close. But I think it's just at the end of the day, the fact that we have Mahomes and offense, offense wins championships now. So I like our odds. Well, Andrew, it was a pleasure to have you on this show. I had a blast. This, this, this one went a little long, I think, but I definitely had a lot of fun talking to you. Stan, thanks for joining us as well. Thanks for having <laughs> me back again. I don't know why you do, but I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for bringing me on the show. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, the, the Chiefs play the Broncos next week. So hopefully, hopefully they have a starting quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, I want it. I want it to be somewhat competitive. If not, go pick up the Chiefs' defense and fantasy right now. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a a Chad Henney game, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come out with a uh, Chiefs Broncos preview in a couple of days, uh, where we look forward to that beatdown. So make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, uh, check out the Facebook page. Make sure you guys. Give your input into the show so that we can make it better and potentially have you guys on. We're really excited for the Chiefs. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another Chiefly Football. Please like us, subscribe, and comment. We love to hear from Chiefs Kingdom and football fans everywhere. Until next time. Hey, how about those Chiefs?